400 times, 400 times in the Bible, we, God's people, are described as sheep. 400 times. That's not the only metaphor in the Bible. Uh, We're also described as God's wife, unfaithful in the Old Testament, faithful in the New Testament, pure and spotless by revelation. We're also described as God's children, uh, adopted into his family. But far and away, the most common name for us is sheep. And, uh, you know, we modern people who uh, have no idea what a farm really smells like, um, think white, fluffy, cute, harmless. And um, in truth, we need to be thinking about uh, muddy, dumb, stubborn. This is not a compliment. It is not a compliment. My, one of my favorite uh, little, you know, those little videos you see that are about four seconds long on, uh, on Instagram when you're supposed to be working. Uh, there's a, two farmers. You know you know what they're doing. They're just reaching down into this crevice in the ground. And f- they pull, pull, pull. And they finally pull a sheep up by his back legs. And they let go. And the sheep is so happy to be out that he, he just takes off jumping. And he jumps once. And he jumps twice. And he jumps right back into the crack. Right back. Can't even see him again. It's like, that's us. The Lord rescues us. And we jump right back in. Every Monday. That's us. We jump right back into that place of darkness, of, of loneliness, of unbelief, of, of unfaithfulness and, uh, and doubt. That's us. Um, Tim Keller tells us the story of, sh- of driving through northern England. Uh, he and his wife like to go out into the most rural parts of the British islands when they get time away, when they got time away, and um, just to get away from people as, as surrounded as he was at all times. And he said one time they were driving and they saw all these sheep. And they were talking about how cute it was and how beautiful it was. They were right, all these fluffy sheep right up next to the road. And so uh, he kept driving towards them. And he said, as we got closer, we realized those were sheep corpses that had fallen off the hill uh, above the road because they just followed each other and just, they're dumb animals. Sheep. 400 times. That's us. And the longest text in Scripture about us being sheep and about God being our shepherd, he calls himself our shepherd about a hundred times, um, is found in Ezekiel chapter 34. Now let me remind you where we are. God has judged Israel. There's three groups. There's a group, a remnant that stayed in Jerusalem, and, and Jeremiah was with that group, and he pastored there, and he wrote his letters to them. And there was a larger group that was taken into, a, well, a larger group was exiled. Of that group, the, the cream of the crop, the, the true kind of t- upper tier in intelligence and wisdom, vision, and, um, you know, young guys who were strong, they were taken into Babylon and, and trained up in, in their religion, and that was Daniel, and he was there with that group and was ministering to that group and writing to that group for many, many years. And the largest group were taken to uh, the River Kabar and were left there basically in a refugee camp. And, uh, and they were bitter, and they were wondering, why? Why did God do this to us? 
And while they were there, they got word that the, the temple had been destroyed. And, and Ezekiel has a vision of the glory of God leaving the temple. And, and they're just mad. Don't you know that feeling? Just, why? And good old Ezekiel gets to minister to these people. And Ezekiel tells them what God has done. We've looked at that. He tells them why God did it, because he was so tremendously gracious to you, and yet you ignored him. And you trusted his gifts. You trusted your beauty. You trusted your wealth. You trusted your own wisdom instead of trusting him. And he tells them uh, why God has done it, what he's going to do. And then at the end of the book, he begins to give them visions starting with chapter 34 and then working through uh, to the end of the book, it's his visions of what God is going to do. Now, the, the good news for us is we live in the period of what God is going to do. And it's shocking how many people don't understand that. When we read the Old Testament and we see all these promises, those are to us. You know that, right? Please nod your head. I've been teaching here for a long time. Uh, when God says, for instance, when God says, I'm going to give you a new heart, take out your heart of stone and give you a new heart, that's already happened to you if you're in Jesus. That is what happened. You, it, yet, Jeremiah says the heart is desperately wicked beyond all knowing. That's not true of you anymore. You still have, you still have sin, but you, you've been renewed. And this promise today we're going to read is this promise to be our shepherd. And that's already true. It's already true. And, and what I want you to see in this text is that we have to recognize that we're sheep so that we can follow the good shepherd and so we can be good shepherds ourselves. We need to realize our sheepness, right? Embrace our sheepiness so that we can follow the good shepherd so we will follow him and in so doing become good shepherds ourselves please stand for the reading of god's word hear the word of the lord from ezekiel first uh, 34 ver- first we're going to read 1 through 11 and then we're just going to read two verses 30 and 31 the word of the lord came to me son of man Prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, thus says the Lord God, Ah, shepherds of Israel, who've been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat and clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered all over the mountains and on every high hill. My sheep were scattered all over the face of the earth with none to search them or seek for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, declares the Lord God, surely, because my sheep have become a prey and my sheep have become food for all the wild beasts, since there was no shepherd, and because my shepherds have not searched for my sheep, but the shepherds have fed themselves and have not fed my sheep, 
Therefore you shepherds hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my sheep at their hand, and to stop their feeding the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths, that they may not be food for them. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself, will search for my sheep and will seek them out. And they shall know that I am the Lord their God, and I am with them, and that they, the house of Israel, are my people, declares the Lord God. And you are my sheep, human sheep of my pasture, and I am your God, declares the Lord God. Amen. Amen. Thus far the reading of God's word. All men are like grass, and all of our glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but not God's word. God's word stands forever. You may be seated. We are sheep, and we need to recognize our sheepiness if we are going to follow the good shepherd. The first thing I want you to see is what life is like as a sheep. What life is like. Sheep are, are stubborn, and they're dumb. They don't follow well. They, they can't find their way home. Sheep are not like other animals. When I was uh, still in Mississippi one day, I, I don't know, I just love to do this kind of thing, still do. I just took my boys on a hike, not knowing where we were going, but there was more or less a trail, so somebody had done it before. And uh, I was under the impression that if I walked far enough, I'd get to a friend's house, and I did get to the house eventually and snuck in, used his phone because he wasn't home and uh, called my wife to come get me. But um, he still has no idea that we did that. Um, but along the way, uh, a dog came barking, growling, baring his teeth. And uh, my, my little dog, Gracie, who was the best dog in the world, um, squa- just let out a squeal that was blood-curdling and took off. And I'm with my kids, who are like six and five, and I'm like, well, I guess I lost that dog. I mean, I can't do anything, right? I'm miles from home. I'm not going to go follow my dog and leave my kids in the woods. So, oh, well, it's an easy decision. We hike for a couple more hours. Bianca comes to get us, get home. There's Gracie on the front porch. She beat us home by a long time. She's smart, right? Dogs know how to find their way home. There have been great stories of dogs coming across the country to find their way home, not sheep. Sheep just wander around. They just wander around. They need somebody to guide them. They'll they'll wander into they'll wander into dangerous places. Just walking. They're just walking. They don't know where they're going. And we're a lot like that. I got a text from my son this morning. He said he's homesick. I said, I'm glad. I said, I hope you never lose that love for home. I said, my entire generation left home and followed the money. And it was a destructive, destructive uh, decision to do that. You need family. You need home. I hope you stay. I hope you never move. Um, We were like sheep. Oh, money's this way? Okay. Oh, there's a cliff I'm about to step off of? Oh, well, I've seen other sheep fall off of it. I guess they're fine. That's us. That's us. We need 
a community. We need f- family. We need fellowship. We need friends. But, oh, there's the money. We're like sheep. Sheep are also interesting because, uh, according to uh, Shepherd now, Williamson's is la- Richardson. Richardson's is his last name. I can't remember his first. He wrote a book about sheep. And uh, he said, the thing about sheep is, even when you find them lost, like if you're lost in the woods, you would think a sheep would run to you, right? Like, here I am. No, no, no. They run away from you. He says, uh, and actually we see this in Luke 15. Jesus says the shepherd has to go into the woods, find the sheep, and bring it back on his shoulders. Because once they're scared, they just run away from everything. And he says, to, to bring a sheep home, you have to tackle it. And put, tie it up and put it on your shoulders and carry it. Some of you have experienced God doing that, haven't you? You got a little too far away and God had to tackle you. God tackled the Apostle Paul in the desert. It didn't go well for him. Some of us fought him like Jacob, right? He had to tackle us. He had to... He had to uh, disjoin our hip so that we wouldn't run away and carry us home. That's what I always thought about the, the uh, you know, footprints in the sand thing. I looked over my life and I saw God walking there with me and there was two sets of footprints. And then I saw this long area where it looked like he tried to erase all of our footprints. And I'm like, God, are you embarrassed by me? Are you trying to say that I didn't? wasn't worthy you didn't walk with me what's going on there and he says oh that's where I was dragging you you know that's it we don't want to come home we're stubborn we have to be tied down and we're soft we can't protect ourselves we're soft we'll follow anybody Uh, sheep have to be held down and washed that sheep have to be told led out to pastures to feed themselves on good things other animals like you watch cows in the field and what are they doing they're walking and eating walking and eating getting a good mouthful of grass here mouthful of grass there they're just eating machines built to make steaks and we love them for that but sheep sheep go out to the same place that's why you have to find them you know and lead them to the pasture. That's why Psalm 23 says he, he leads me to green pastures. He, he makes me lie down. Sheep will just go out to the same place and eat the grass down until it's mud and then just stand there like, there was grass here yesterday. I guess I can eat mud. They have to be led. And we're like that. We eat bad things for ourselves. We don't even think about what we're putting into our souls anymore. Or maybe we did when our youth minister used to say, you know, garbage in, garbage out. But now we're adults and we can feed our souls on anything. And we never even ask ourselves the question, how, how did I, my soul feel after watching that movie? How did I treat the people I love after watching that television show? Did it affect how I talk to people? Did it affect how I think about people? I, I'm serious. I, I mean, I'm soft. You know me. I watch things with happy endings, period. Um, and, you know, I don't care. You watch what you want. But you do need to ask yourself the question, did this make me a better person? You know, watching every episode of Breaking Bad three times, which is fine. I'm not saying it's a sin. Did it make you better? Did it make you love Jesus more and hate and love each other more? Maybe. I hope so. All right. Um, And since we are sheep, since we are silly and stubborn and soft, 
uh, we need shepherds. We need shepherds, and that makes us susceptible to bad shepherds. That makes us victims of bad shepherds, because we will follow, follow passionately everything that comes along and says, I've got something better for you. Follow me, and I will lead you to the promised land. Every politician says that. You don't know him. You don't know her. You don't know where she really wants. You know, she wants to be elected. You know, he wants to be elected. But he says what? Follow me. Trust me. And I'm going to make things better for you. And every now and then, one or two will come along that just get these, this passionate, frothing at the mouth followers. And you're like, why? Why are we so tempted to do that? There's all kinds of great documentaries on... Um, you know, on the, all the streaming services now about cults and groups that followed people. And you, you take a step back, like the Branch Davidians down in Waco. You take a step back and you're like, what? You gave your children to who? But they needed a shepherd. They felt that need for a shepherd. And we are like that. We, we just want somebody to follow desperately. We want, if, if you are offering us leadership and giving us a vision, we will follow you. And you know false shepherds by two things. One is they feed themselves. They feed themselves. The pastors who preach the, the worst versions of the prosperity gospels are themselves very wealthy. Um, they feed themselves, not their sheep. They, they get fat off their sheep. Sometimes that's just because being followed makes you feel good. You know, it just really does. It, it makes you feel good to be listened to. And it gives you the chance to manipulate, abuse, use your sheep in all kinds of, of, of bad ways. And it, it's important for you to know that that's one of the reasons why this church exists is to help heal sheep who've had bad shepherds. We want you to trust the church again. We want you to trust the gospel again. We get it. We know there are harmful, harmful people out there. Uh, a false shepherd is, is just getting himself fed off the sheep. And the second thing, and this is, I guess, the clearest way I know how to put it, don't trust anybody who doesn't know that he's a sheep. Don't trust any leader who denies that he himself is a sheep. If he's unwilling to talk to you about your, his mistakes, if he's unwilling to, to reveal his sin, if he's unwilling to talk about his own weakness, if he's unwilling to encourage you to get other help, uh, check out other, talk to other people, talk to counselors, read your Bible, listen to podcasts, get, get a wider spectrum than just me or, or him. If he's unwilling to do that, don't trust him. If he's trying to get inside your mind and tell you what to think about everything, don't trust that. Does he know that he's a sheep? Or does he speak only as a shepherd? I don't know. I think there's a million things I do wrong, but I've been told I do this one well. 
I had, a, I had one of my students, my very first ministry at Delta State, I had a student tell me, he said, Ricky, every pastor I've ever had said they were a sinner. You're the first one I've ever believed. I'm a sheep. I'm silly, stubborn, and soft. I am. I am a sheep. And that is why, brothers and sisters, I know how to find the good shepherd. I know how to find the good shepherd. The good shepherd, God himself, this is such, a, such an amazing promise. And they must have had absolutely no idea what he meant when he said, I am going to shepherd my sheep. What a wonderful thing to be called. My sheep. Yeah, you're silly, stubborn, and soft, but you're mine. You're mine. And he says, I'm going to shepherd them. And they had no concept of this idea that God was going to enflesh himself and live with us and literally become our shepherd. And, and what does the good shepherd do? He, he knows his sheep. John 10, 14. John 10 is where Jesus describes himself as a good shepherd. I strongly encourage you to read John 10 as soon as you can. And, and just look at the, the wonderful promises of, of that text. He, he knows his sheep, but he just doesn't just know them. He says in, in verses 4 through 5, uh, 14 and 15, he says, I know my sheep just as my Father knows me, I know my own. That's amazing. That's amazing. You, uh, you who are reading through the Bible in a year, you recently did Proverbs, I think. You remember Proverbs 8? fascinating text. It's about wisdom, God's wisdom. He's been with him since the creation. And you, I hope you took the time to notice that that's the same, essentially the same idea as John 1, that God's wisdom personified is the second person of the Trinity. He's talking about the Son. And it says, we rejoiced in each other before creation. Jesus, God the Father and God the Son, knowing each other and rejoicing each other. And then Jesus says, just as my Father knows me, I know them. It's just an amazing thing that Jesus is the Lord of the entire world, but he's also intimately yours. He's intimately yours. I, I, I don't know what to think about this show, Mrs. Davis. I'm, I definitely don't say, I don't just give you a blank slate to watch it use your own wisdom it's weird very very weird but it gets this concept in a very weird way it gets this concept of this intimacy we can have with Jesus I was talking with a friend of mine this week and um, he's, man he's been through this just the worst year absolutely impossibly difficult situations and he said, he remembered something from long ago that Sinclair Ferguson about building a sanctuary in your heart. And so he, he literally did that. He, he built it. He, with his imagination, he built a church in his heart just for himself, just for me. It's my place to meet Jesus. And he, his eyes teared up and he started to cry and he said, he met me there. He met me. And I promise God will meet you too. Sometimes it's like sleep. You know, you have to be in bed for 10 hours to get eight good ones. Or more realistically, to get one good one. You've got to wait on Him. But if you'll build that sanctuary, if you will give Him a space to meet you, He will. 
He's your, He knows you. He knows your name. And He finds the lost sheep. He, he doesn't just leave us uh, lost. When we walk away, He doesn't leave us to the, to the consequences of our own doings. Instead, He comes after us. In Luke 15, He says He leaves the 99 to find the one. I don't know if a shepherd would really do that or not. It seems extreme to me, but he does. That's how precious you are to him. He comes to us, and he finds his lost sheep. He, he protects his sheep. Back in John 10, when he's talking about himself as a good shepherd, he says in verse 7, I am the door of the sheep. Now, that's always weird. I'm the sheep door. What's a sheep door? Well, when these shepherds were out in the wilderness feeding their sheep, uh, they would they would make pens, and they were they were sturdy but temporary. You know, it's just like you don't have time to go all the way back down the town and put them in the corral. And so there'd be these pens around, and and they were sturdy. They were substantive enough to keep the wolves out. And there was a gap. They didn't have time to build a gate. There was just a gap there to bring the sheep in. And then the shepherds would take turns sleeping in that gate, sleeping in that gap, being the gate so that the other shepherds could go home and get some sleep at night. And Jesus, when he's saying, I am the door of the sheep, he's saying, I'm sleeping right here, and anything that gets to you has to step over me first. Isn't that a wonderful promise? Anything that gets to you has to step over me first. No matter how bad it is, we can know that this challenge, this travesty, has stepped over Jesus first. And he's going to use it. And he's going to bless it. Jesus knows his sheep. He finds his sheep. He protects his sheep. He, he leads his sheep. Even through death, even through, the, even through the valley of the shadow of death, he leads us because he knows the way. Nobody else knows the way, but he does. And he promises to lead us. Proverbs 3 says, Commit your ways to the Lord, and in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your footsteps firm. He will show you where to walk. He will make your path straight. And some of you have to call on that promise right now. You just don't know what to do. That's okay. That's a good way to start a prayer right there. Lord, I don't know what to do. That's when you stop talking and start praying. And he promises to make your paths clear. And it's okay for you to just stay right there. Lord, I'm not, you promised. He'll keep it. He'll keep it. Jesus knows his sheep and finds his sheep and protects his sheep and leads his sheep. But Ricky, I don't know what you're saying, Terry, I see it. Ricky, you said don't trust anybody who doesn't know that he himself is a sheep. Jesus is no sheep. Don't be foolish. Don't be foolish. What was the first thing that John the Baptist saw, said when he saw Jesus? Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. What did John see when he looked into heaven? On the center of the throne stood the Lamb who was slain. 
And he says to us in Revelation 7, that greatest of all promises, that picture of the future, give it to me, baby. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them in his presence. And they will hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Why is he able to protect us from death itself? Because he's gone through it. And we can trust him. He's been slain for us, and we can trust him. We can trust him. And if you are leaning on that, then you're ready to become a shepherd yourself. For your children, for your employees, for your church. Please pray with me. Oh, Father in heaven, we thank you for being our shepherd. When no one else could do it, you did it. Lord Jesus, you are the one who was slain so that we would not have to be. You're the one who paid the price so that we could enjoy the banquet. Father, we pray for our friends who are themselves lost sheep right now. We pray for our children who are lost sheep right now. We pray that you would find them, tackle them, <laughs> tie their feet, and bring them home. For it is in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, a precious, perfect, and powerful name. Amen.